the Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Rivers of Living Water is here to turn our thirsty world into a Garden of Eden, freely pouring out the Word of God to our desolate world. Now, here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Welcome to Rivers of Living Water this morning. Appreciate you coming and joining with us. We have uh, our topic for the day is going to be sowing and reaping. That we reap what we sow. So uh, I want to talk about a few other things that is in the making before I get to that. First of all, we're uh, working on getting a literary agent for our books. And then another thing, we're um, changing the name of our website to International House uh, Lighthouse Ministries. And so it's international-lighthouse-ministries.com. You can reach us until November at the deceitfulmasters.com. After November, we'll be going completely over to the new name. When you go to the website, you'll see the new name, and you'll see that we're working over our website. Um, Another thing that I'd like to talk to you about briefly is that we have a new book out called Seven Steps to God's Glorious Freedom, and you can get that on Amazon, or you can get it through my website. Today, um, we we have bikers from all over the nation that are headed for Washington, D.C. Our nation is in a crisis, and if we ever need to think about what we're sowing, and soon we'll be getting a harvest. It's today. And I'm thankful that there are still people that are standing up for the truth, standing up for the American way, and we need to be that way. We can't be neutral. We can't sit on the fence. We can't just listen to what's being said and agree with it and not do anything about it. We've got to get active. We've got to sow the right things if we expect to reap the right things. Now, when we're sowing, first of all, we have to prepare the ground. It doesn't make any difference how good the seed is that we sow. If we don't prepare the ground, the seed will not grow, or at least it will not grow to its full potential. And the Bible talks about the different environments that the seed can be put into. It talks about the wayside ground where the ground is packed tight like a rock. You throw the seed on that and the uh, birds come and eat it up. And then there's the stony ground where that uh, the seed falls on the stone and might grow for a while and then uh, withers away. There's the ground with the thorns and the thistles, and if you put the seed in there, it'll be choked up, and it won't get very far either. But then there's the good ground that's been prepared properly. And if we're going to have the good seed grow in our lives, then we're going to have to prepare our hearts and prepare our minds and be willing to make the necessary steps to make sure that when the seed comes to us, that it will grow properly. And then the, the Bible tells us, and Jesus is the one speaking, he says that they'll bring forth 30, 60, and a hundredfold. The thing about sowing, when the seed hits the ground, and the ground not only is prepared properly, but it's the right kind of ground, then the seed is going to grow. And when it does, it's going to bring forth some kind of fruit. So our Bible verse for today is in Galatians chapter 6, starting at verse number 7. It says, Be not deceived. 
God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. He that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we will, we shall reap if we faint not. So it tells us right there in that scripture that it does make a lot of difference as to what we're sowing. We can have the ground ever so good. We can have sunshine and rain like we need. We can have a perfect environment. But if you put the wrong seed in the ground, you'll come up with the wrong harvest. The Bible even tells us if we sow to the wind, we'll reap the whirlwind. You always reap more than you sow. If we put a a corn in the ground and it only brings one more seed afterwards, we're in real trouble. I don't think that will ever happen. I think it would be impossible for that to happen. Every time you put corn in the ground, you have ears of corn, and the ears always have more seed on them than what the one seed that you plant in the ground. And so it always gives more than what we put in there. That's kind of a law of sowing and reaping. It's the same way in our spiritual life. If we put the wrong kind of seed into our lives, then we come up with the wrong kind of harvest. If we just live a reckless life, we don't think about God, we don't think about others, then how can we expect to have any kind of a reaping of good if all we're doing is sowing to the flesh that the Bible talks to us about? Or what's it talking about when it's talking about sowing to the flesh? That means that our carnal lives, the lives that we're born with, that just like, you know, a duck going to water, we normally, if we don't have any restraints of any kind, will run in the wrong direction. We find that happening at an early age. And there needs to be discipline in our lives in order for that not to happen. But just discipline along, you'll find out as we progress in this program today, is not enough. We need more than that. If we're really going to sow the way we should to reach the bountiful harvest that God wants us to have, then we're going to have to do more than just have discipline. I'm thankful that God has provided a way for us that we can sow the good life. And if we're willing to sow that kind of a life, then God will bless us and we'll have the right kind of harvest. We're going to talk about all these things. We're just kind of introducing it to you now, and then we'll get more into it. But just think for a while what you have been sowing. If you've been sowing in a a way that is against God and against His Word and against His ways and against the society, and everything you do seems to be tearing things down rather than building things up. You have a negative attitude toward everything. And things like this, then don't be surprised that you're living pretty miserably because you're sowing pretty miserably. It's just that way. You can't change it. We'd like maybe to be able to go against God and the Bible and everything and think that it's going to turn out right. Another thing, you may have plenty of prestige. You may have plenty of power in different areas. And this, uh, what I'm, you know, these different things that we consider to be great things and people might love you and all of these things that happen and you might be sowing these wild 
the wild seed of wild life against God and everything that's good and holy. But eventually, it's going to catch up with you, if not one way, some other way. And usually, when you least expect it. And there's uh, people in high places today that are sowing some pretty wild oats. And you're going to see what I'm talking about on a large scale, because you can't go against God. Just like it says here, be not deceived. God is not mocked. You can't keep mocking God and expecting that everything's going to turn out right. And even if it did, the Bible tells us if we gain the whole world and lose our soul, what have we really gained? We really haven't gained anything. If we just have peace and rest for a while and that peace and rest turns into total confusion, then what have we really gained? So we need to think in terms of sowing to the Spirit, to God's Holy Spirit. That's what it's talking about here. If we sow to God's Holy Spirit, then we'll reap the good things in life. And we'll talk more about what those are as well as we get into this program. But this is probably one of the most important things that you're going to hear in your life is what are you sowing? And so sowing the right thing comes up with right results. It's kind of like with a computer. They used to say garbage in, garbage out. Well, if you let garbage come into your life and you start sowing that kind of stuff, then garbage is going to come out of it. But if you take the garbage out and do what is right in the sight of God, and you may not be pleasing everyone, chances are you may not be pleasing a lot of people, depending on what crowd you're with, but if you're pleasing God, everything will work out right because we read in our scripture if we, as much opportunity as we have to do good to everyone, to all men, it says especially to those of the household of faith because we know if we keep going, if we don't give up, if we keep doing the right thing, the right results are going to come. The Bible teaches us that all things work together for good to those that love the Lord. And so it does work that way. It's wonderful to know that God has provided a way that all things can work to, good, to the good. Because God will not allow anything to happen to us that doesn't work for the good. Well, we're on our first break, and this is Howard Eugene Wright at TalkZone.com, and we're at River, we're at uh, TalkZone.com, and this is Rivers of Living Water. Now, more Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. We're talking about uh, reaping and sowing today, and it's so important that we sow the right things, not only for us, but also for our whole society, for our families, for our neighbors, for the whole country and also for the world because we're not by ourselves. What we do does affect other people and because of that we need to be careful what we're sowing. We need to be careful what we're saying. We need to even be careful about what we're thinking because if we think it long enough we'll start doing it. And as the Bible also tells us as a, a man or a woman thinks in their hearts, so they are. We become what we think. Our, we're just wired up that way. There's no way of getting around it. Some people might think, well, that happens to some, but I'm a little exception, and it won't happen to me. You might think that uh, 
not living for God will uh, be a bad thing for me, but I'll make it all right. But I want you to know that God has put into the system a way that if you sow the wrong thing, you're going to get the wrong harvest regardless of what you think or or how many plans you made to the, uh, make things different. It's not going to be that way. We've got to line up to the way that things are rather than getting into a fantasy world and thinking that some way it's not going to work that way with me. It might work that way with someone else. Someone else might not be able to get by with it, but I'll be able to. I'm smarter than the system. The truth of the matter is you're not. And so it's best to get on the right track and enjoy the good life rather than finding out the hard way. Another thing about it is that it's always best to find out by the mistakes of others what the results are rather than doing it yourself and coming up with the bad results. So don't think that you'll get by with it in some way you are able to break the system because you can't break the system. It's, it's just set that way. By the way, Christians aren't the only one that thinks that is. There's the, uh, other religions that believe the same way. Now, we didn't get it from the other religions. It comes from the Word of God. It comes from God himself. And if God says it, then there's no way that we're going to make it otherwise. When the mouth of the Lord speaks, it's going to work that way. It might not be overnight. We talk about people, you know, that we get paid on Friday. A lot of people do. It may not, the pay may, may not come on Friday, but it'll come sometime. I can guarantee you that because God is not mocked and we can be deceived quite easily. There's a lot of things that can deceive us into thinking that everything's doing fine. Sometimes when people are next to death, they have a time when it seems like they just kind of perk up and everyone stands around and says, that person's getting better. They're going to, they're going to make it. The next day you find that they died or even less. You know, things happen that way. I, I used to be a chaplain in a hospital and I'd go into the hospital and I'd, I'd see a person, I'd be talking to him, seemed like he was just doing great. The next thing I knew, I was reading about him in the obituary. And one time I saw a woman that we didn't think she'd have a chance in the world and her family was standing outside of the CP of the, uh, you know, uh, they were standing outside of the door in the hospital where the person was at in intensive care and they thought she was doing her last breath and they were planning the funeral. And it wasn't all that long afterwards that she walked out perfectly well. We just don't know how things will work. And that can happen in our spiritual life as well as in our physical life. They do work together. What happens physically can affect how we are spiritually, but the sickest people can still have the best spiritual life. I knew of a, a lady in my earlier days that she was bedfast, and yet she laid there and praised the Lord and was enjoying the blessings of the Lord. I know of a, of a man that had pain all the time. Every time the pain would hit him, he would praise the Lord and wouldn't get bitter, would get better. And so there's a lot of things in life that can lead us down the wrong road and we can mistrust God, mistrust people, misrepresent our own thinking, and all these kind of things. But God knows just exactly how we are. He knows where we are and everything else about us. And so we might 
fool ourselves and fool the people, but eventually that is going to come back in a way that we're not expecting it to. You can be assured that if you don't mock God, that you will come out all right. The Bible tells us that if we keep our minds stayed on the Lord, then we'll be in perfect peace. It says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. That's the King James Version of it. It said in the modern version, it said it would say, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. And this is talking about keeping our mind stayed on the Lord. And we can't do this in our own strength, like I told you before. We need some help in this area in order to do it. But whoever, whatever, whoever a person is that sows, then that is the thing that will be reaped sooner or later, as I'm telling you. I'm saying this more than once because I want to get it across to you that this is really the way it is. And as you look around and you see people, and I've I've seen people, you know, in their earlier days that they're just bitter at everything. When they get older, it is a terrible thing to see how they're living and, and how miserable they really are. And why should a person have to go through that? So what you choose today will affect you tomorrow, and not only will it affect you, it'll affect your family, it'll, it'll affect your children, it'll ex- affect everything else. And so it's very important that you sow the right thing so that you can reap the right thing. God is for you. And the Bible tells us if God is for us, who can be against us? God is for you living a clean, pure life that will bring a clean, pure experience to you that will make it a glorious time for you. And you can have the joy of the Lord. You can have the peace of God. You can have the love of God in you. You can have all this fruit of the Spirit, and that's what we're talking about when we're talking about sowing in the Spirit. When we sow to the Spirit, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and we're going to talk more about this as well later on, but we we need to have the fruit of the Spirit active in our lives if we're going to sow the kind of things that's going to please God and going to help you to live on the high level rather than the low level. Why should we live in the gutter when we can live in another place and enjoy life and feast on the good things of God rather than all these things that would frustrate us and confuse us? The Bible tells us that if we go against the commandments of the Lord, that it is like a heavy weight dropping down on us and mashing us. And if we uh, try to suppress God's word some way, and you know there's a lot of that happening today. There's a lot of, there's organizations that are dedicated to getting the Ten Commandments out of the school and what have you. Well, this will not work to the good of anyone, including them. So we need to be thinking today of are we sowing in to the flesh or are we sowing to the spirit? And if we're sowing to the flesh, then what are we going to do about it? And so we're going to be talking about this later too, just exactly what to do to sow in the spirit and enjoy the life that God gives us. And Jesus said, I'm come that they might have life and that they might have abundant life. God wants us to live abundantly. He wants us to live rejoicing. He doesn't want us to be down all the time. 
He wants us to be up with him. We're coming close to our next break, and so we're going to be uh, thinking about things like this that we need to, uh, first we're going to talk about what are the, what's it we're talking about on the flesh, the next segment, and what is the spirit, and how are we uh, to sow to the spirit, and so on. So by the end of the this program, you're going to have a very good knowledge of what is happening and what you need to do in order to be with the Lord. I'm Howard Eugene Wright, and this is Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. In this segment, we're going to talk about what are the what is the flesh, and some people think that the flesh is our flesh and blood. You know, the part that we can see, uh, be pinched or whatever. But when the Bible is talking about the flesh, in the context that we're talking about today, and sometimes the Bible does refer to just flesh and blood, and it does use the same word, so we can get confused on what is the flesh as far as uh, sowing to the flesh, and what is the spirit and things like this, but the flesh in the Bible sense is not our flesh and blood. We're all born with that. When There's no way that we're going to get by with out of that until we die and and go to be with the Lord, or or until we uh, the Lord comes and transforms us, you know, we we become um, we're glorified at the Lord's second coming. But until that time, we're always going to have the flesh as far as as flesh and blood is concerned. But we don't have to keep the spirit of the flesh. And that's an entirely different thing. That's an attitude that is enmity against God. It's, it's, it's against God. It does everything, or nearly everything, or does it in the wrong way that God says you shouldn't. And that's the reason why the Bible says not to be deceived, that God isn't mocked. So, um, in the fifth chapter of, of Galatians, we read this. It says in verse 17, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. And some people stop at that, and they say, Well, we're just tied up with it. There's nothing we can do about it. But if you read the verse ahead of that, it says, I say to them, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And if you read the one below it, but if you be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. And that law is the law of sin and death, which is another thing for the flesh. There's different expressions in the Bible to describe this condition that we're in. Now, this is a condition that we're all in when we're born. We're born into this. But when we have the new birth, then that starts the downward trend of the de- the devil, you know, the flesh life, and gets us into the life of the spirit. So the flesh has things that it works out in our life. And there's a long list of those in the fifth chapter of Galatians, starting at verse 19, and it tells us that these things are manifest in people's lives, starts out with adultery. The flesh life is can be permissive, and people just run after someone else's wife. You know what I'm talking about. So, Adultery is one of these works of the flesh. 
fornication, uncleanness, and lasciviousness. These are things that the flesh produces. It's the fruit that the flesh produces in people's lives. It's sowing these kind of things that's going to bring difficulty to you. If people are in this kind of life, you know what I'm talking about. Some do something. Not everyone does all the things that are on this list. We'd be in a miserable condition if they did. But we just seem to choose the sin we want. And depending on what environment we're in and what we've been taught, a number of things. But idolatry is one of them. Witchcraft. Hatred. Variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murderers, drunkenness, revelries. So, that's quite a list, isn't it? If we're doing any of those kind of things, then we're sowing to the flesh. And like it says, if we sow to the flesh, we reap corruption. We we start going downhill. That's the reason that we have to have some kind of a moral standard in a society in order for not to do that. Then, like I said before, the normal tendency is is to go down rather than to come up. Now we can be trained in such a way that we're good moral people. And we don't do these kind of things. But the Bible goes even farther with it. Jesus said if you look at a woman to lust after her in your heart, then you've committed adultery in your heart. Because the thing is, if it gets into your heart, it isn't very long before it'll get out in actual actions one way or another. So you may not be outwardly doing some of these things. And... You may be doing some of them. No doubt you're not doing all of them. We'd really be in a mess if you were doing all of them. But the Bible uh, teaches us that we, if we offend in one point, we're guilty of all. And so how many sins does it take in order for us to be a sinner? It only takes one. And... So if we say, well, I'm not doing all of those things, but I'm not loving God very well either, I don't uh, take much time out for God or for His Word or for His ways, then that's another thing of, of being in the flesh. You're, you're not taking time for the things that are most important. Today we have so much that is demanding our time and our attention, that if we're not careful, we won't have time for the most important things in our lives. What we do here is going to last for a while. Then we're going to have to stand before the Lord and give an account of all these things. And I'll guarantee you, whether you believe what I'm telling you or not, really doesn't make much difference because you're going to do it anyhow. God's the one who set the rules. We didn't. And God said that it's appointed a man wants to die. After that, the judgment. So we're all going to have to stand before the Lord and give an account as to whether we've sowed in the flesh, to the flesh, or whether we've sown to the Spirit. And so this is very important that we get this right the first time because the Bible also taught us in that verse that it's appointed a person wants to die. After that, the judgment. There's nothing in between. There isn't any way that once we die that we can some way kind of adjust everything and get it right. Some people think that the only way that you can get rid of this spirit of the flesh is after you die. And that makes death, which is an enemy of God, That makes that a greater Savior than the Lord Jesus Christ, which came to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, cleanse us from all sin. So uh, we need to look at these things. And 
and think seriously about them because this is something that's very serious that a lot of us in this world just don't really think about. And we think that everything's going to be rosy all the time. We can get in that mindset if we want to, but it won't be until we get things right the way the Lord wants. Some of these things may look more uh, terrible than others, but this is really a list that, regardless, all this is going to lead you downhill. It's going to lead you to something worse. The problem is with when we take an attitude of, of living to the flesh, which is actually a selfish way of living, we live to ourselves. We live to what we can get from the society. There's a lot of people today that are sitting in their seats and and drawing a check and and uh, not anything wrong with them. You know the the social programs that allow people to do this, and they're they're just doing pretty much what they want to and all this. That's not the kind of life we need to live. And so we, we need to think about this. And idolatry is one of those. And so what are we putting before God? Anything that we put before God becomes another God. And it's an idol. And I'm talking about the Lord God of glory. I'm talking about the creator of the universe, the creator of all things. There is no beginning and no end with God, but everything else has a beginning and an end in this universe. So idolatry is, is what are we, what are we worshiping? What are we depending on? Some people worship science. They think that, that science is going to give us all the answers and in some way we're going to come up with the right answers and we never have because we're outside of what the right answers are. Regardless of how much we try to put a, a bandage on a sore, if it's infected, the only way we're going to take care of the infection is to put something on it that's going to destroy the infection. We can gloss it over and make it look good, but it's still underneath there deteriorating us and eventually... We're going to have blood poisoners and end up dying if we don't do something about it. So um, it talks about witchcraft. There seems to be a growing of worshiping the devil. And we even have a church, the Satanist church, and things like that that, were, that it's witchcraft. There seems to be people that are full of hatred. They, they just hate themselves and hate everything else. And that's not good either. Then there's, there's the raft, which is one step above hatred. And strife, some people just don't seem to be able to get along with anyone or anything. Everything seems to be going wrong. I had one person that I talked to and got to be a good friend of, and we used to get together and pray together for various things. And his expression was, if the kitty doesn't like being rubbed the wrong way, the kitty needs to turn around. And that's the way with us. Sometimes we think the world's giving us a bum deal and all of that, and maybe it would be better if we would turn around. It talks about envying here. How much do we have of greed and envying today of people? They don't mind if they have to step on a lot of other people to get to the top, whatever the top is. And then we have murderers. And the Bible tells us that if, if we are uh, treating people meanly, then we're, we can, we can murder their reputation as well as we can murder them physically, or if we don't let people get to the Lord like they need to, and people get their selves right with God, and we mess with them until they go back into their old way of life, 
we've just murdered them that way too. Another thing that might surprise you is that on the list is drunkenness. Drunkenness is not a disease. If it is a disease, it's one of the few diseases that I know that is self-inflicted. So drunkenness is right on the list of all the rest of these. So maybe your happy time won't turn out to be so happy after all, especially when you get up in the morning with a headache and wondered what you did the night before. And there are some societies that this is worse than others. I worked with people, with a group of people in my ministry. All they had to do is take one drink, and they were out of it. I had a, a situation where we had a, a two churches, kind of speak, and we'd go out to one at one time, and we'd come to the other one the rest of the time. And this person thought that his wife had been unfaithful to him. He had had one drink too many. And uh, so he was going to shoot his wife. And it's a miracle that it didn't happen. But afterwards, when he finally woke up, and I won't go into all the details, but he finally woke up at what almost happened. He got himself right with God, and and everything was changed with him. And I thank the Lord for that, and it can happen. There isn't anything in this list that you had to be glued down to for the rest of your life. There is a way of getting out of this life that you may be living. If you have any of these or anything like them, the next verse says that, if um, I tell you before, as I told you, as I tell you before, as also I told you uh, in time past, they which do such things shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. And then it says not only that they do these things, but they have pleasure in those that do do them in another Bible verse. So the Bible is very clear on that. If these are not the kind of things that's going to be a heaven on earth or a heaven anywhere else. And so we need to be thinking seriously about sowing to the Spirit. And this is what we're going to be talking about next, is getting out of the life of sowing to the flesh and getting into the life of sowing to the Spirit. And so in order to have the right results, we're going to have to put in the right thing. And it doesn't make any difference how hard we try to get the right results if we don't have the right seed, we'll come up with a wrong harvest. And we don't want a wrong harvest because that can be very detrimental to you and to everyone that's around you. So we're coming up on our uh, next break. And and uh, so this is Howard Eugene Wright, and you're listening to Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com. Let's get back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Thanks for staying with us to the very last. We've been kind of talking about the bad part of it. So let's end up on a good note. Let's look at the good part of all of this, where it talks about that if we sow to the Spirit, we'll also reap life everlasting. So on one side that we've been talking about, we reap corruption. Things start falling apart. But that's not what God's plan is for our lives. That's not what God's plan is for you. It isn't what God's plan is for me. And I've been walking in the Spirit and uh, sowing to the Spirit for 57 years, going on 58 years. And so this part is really going to be sharing with you what my experience has been with the Lord and what your experience can be with Him too. So what are 
what are we talking about when we're talking about sowing to the Spirit? I told you earlier that sowing to the Spirit comes out with the fruit of the Spirit. If we sow kindness, if we sow um, all this fruit of the Spirit, then we're going to reap life everlasting. So they are this. It's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperament. Temperament means self-control in the context here. So actually, you notice, and this is uh, Genesis, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, no, it isn't. It's, it's Galatians. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. Uh, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Now, like I told you, before you can have fruit, you have to sow the seed. And sow the seed. What is the seed that we sow in order to have the fruit of the Spirit? Jesus said, I am the vine, you're the branches. And so uh, the branches are what brings forth the fruit. And in thinking of this, before we go to the rest of it, you notice we can plant one seed and you have an awful lot of fruit there. And it's the same way we're sowing with the Lord. When we sow to the Spirit, you have an awful lot of good fruit. You can have the love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, then you have no fear. The fear of people, fear of circumstances. You know you can trust the Lord completely. You're relaxed in Him. You're going to have an abundant life and a more abundant life that the Lord talks about. And actually, the fruit of the Spirit is love. And it's it's expressed in all these different other ways. So that makes it pretty simple, doesn't it? It's actually the love of God that replaces that carnal spirit or that spirit of the flesh that we were talking about up to this time. That the Lord, when we come seeking Him with our whole heart, the Bible tells us that he'll be found, and he's not hiding from us. He's not going to be Jewed down. Um, I maybe shouldn't use that expression today. I'm not, because I, I love the Jewish people, and I'm, that doesn't mean anything about the Jewish people at all. God will not bargain with you. He, you have to go on His terms. And so many people they've tried to bargain with the Lord, and God knows what's best for it. And he's not going to give you what you think is best for you. What you have to do is humble yourself under the Lord, before the Lord, come before him, let him be the God of your life, and not do anything that's going to mock him. And uh, mocking him is to say, well, God, I don't need you, I'll do it my way. That's really what mocking it turns out to be. But the fruit of the Spirit can only come after we planted the right seed inside of it, and that is repenting of our sins, being willing to turn away from all this that uh, works of the flesh that I read to you, being willing to quit all that, not just turn over a new leaf, but be willing to let God come in and change your life. We call it being born again. We, we call it being regenerated. A number of terms, but it means the same thing. When we are willing to do this, then the Lord will forgive us of our sins, will become children of God, will become new creatures in Christ Jesus, will have the Holy Spirit in us. We, In that way, God plants the Holy Spirit in us. We can go out and plant all kinds of other things because that's our nature to do so. But the only way you're going to have the Holy Spirit in you is for God to plant Him in you. And so when we are willing to go the way that God tells us and 
not to try to bargain with the Lord and do it our way, to be willing to surrender completely to the Lord and be willing to leave all this sinful lifestyle, then the Holy Spirit is planted in our lives. He comes in and actually lives inside of us. We have the Holy Spirit coming inside and leading us into all truth, giving us the strength and power to live the life that we need to live for the Lord. And it's really a, it's not anything about us. It's about what Jesus has did for us. And Jesus did a wonderful work. He did a complete work. And so we can be saved from our sins. We can be delivered from the old sin that we were born with. And we can become new creatures in Christ Jesus. All this old life will pass away. So we have love and we have it manifest or we have it revealed in different ways. We have joy. And now I've told you time after time that even as much joy as you may have, there are some things in your life that may not be so joyful. Think about all this uh, fruit of the Spirit and you'll see that that will bring you to the higher level. I noticed that I'm getting pretty close to having to sign off again today. But I trust that you've been thinking seriously about this and and you'll know that if you'll just take God at his word and if you'll just let go and let God have his wonderful way with you, then you can, you won't be sowing to the flesh, but you'll be sowing to the spirit and that'll be the best way. I'm having to sign off at this time. We'll see you next week, the Lord willing, the same time, the same place. So this is Howard Eugene Wright at Rivers of Living Water and TalkZone.com. <laughs>